Welcome to The Thousand Word Midlife Crisis. I'm David Young. Episode 2, Who Took the Dogs Out? If laziness ever becomes an official Olympic event, I would like to nominate our master bedroom as a venue. My wife and I have been married almost 30 years, and there's one thing you learn about marriage after a decade or so. It is neither a sprint nor a marathon. It's the first 15 minutes of Saving Private Ryan, but without the survivors. Okay, I know. This probably makes it sound like my wife and I hate each other. Well, let me ask you this. Did Russia and the U.S. hate each other during the Cold War? Look, my point is this. I learned history in a public school, so I honestly have no idea if they did or didn't. But here's what I do know. Our marriage has been a give-and-take relationship, which means depending on whether you ask me or my wife, one of us gives, 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 and the other takes, 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 takes. And because of this Taylor Swift approach to our relationship, we've worked to even things out when it comes to housework, taking care of the kids and dogs, and any other necessary but annoying aspect of running a house. For example, for years my wife and I had tried to avoid being stuck with turning out the bedroom lights at night. It's been a struggle that's tested our compatibility and our political will. And marriage politics are just like real politics. It's less about doing the job and more about retaining power. The point of contention was whoever got into bed second had to get back out, turn off the lights, and then stumble back into bed. Then, it was the other spouse's job to lie quietly and giggle while the light turner outer eventually stubbed their toe or bashed their knee on the bed. And keep in mind that the bed was a large object that never moved, like your own spouse when the doorbell rings. Did they move? No, I didn't think so. You would think some kind of muscle memory would have kicked in. But then again, maybe it did. Maybe that's why we always ran into the bed. Regardless, realizing the stakes involved, our relationship devolved into a race to see who would be in bed first, a loophole that became larger as the years progressed. It started with skipping brushing my teeth. Then it turned into not changing the sleepwear. Yes, these are both disgusting but necessary, like a presidential election or coleslaw. Then one night, I slipped upstairs while my wife read on the couch. Later finding me smug and under the covers, she quickly saw through my game. And so then she started going to bed earlier, and earlier, and earlier. Things came to a head after one dinner, when she took a step towards the sink with her finished plate, and I sprinted upstairs, meeting her calls of, You bastard! with, Rookie mistake. It was four in the afternoon. Eventually, agreeing to a detente, we bought one of those digital assistant thingies and programmed it to turn out the lights for us. However, it is more like one of our children in that we must repeat what we want it to do until it's done, and sometimes it just does something else. For example, one night it opened the garage door and left it open all night. Or at least that's what I told my wife. As for those dogs, every night, after our digital but eccentric friend had turned out the lights, our two cavaliers stake out their spots on our bed and then graciously allow us to slide around them into any unused space. We fall asleep in the shape of the letter A, and then wake up resembling a dolly painting, having been sculpted into odd shapes by the dogs with their little earth movers. In the morning, one of us must leave the warm bed and walk the dogs. And by one of us, I mean me. Every morning, I try my best to get out of it, and on one particular morning, I decided I wasn't budging. Sensing my stubbornness, my wife kept her eyes closed 
and made the first preemptive move. I didn't get any sleep last night. Can you take them out? The Queen's Gambit, a direct and cunning opening that foregoes the pretense of being asleep. Neither did I, I murmured, eyes closed, fists clenched. King to whiny bitch one. I think I'm coming down with something, she offered, in that voice you use when calling into work sick, even when you actually are sick, because you think they won't believe you. Nor should they. I couldn't simply mirror her faux sickness proclamation, so I went all in with my signature move. And farted. While I'm not proud of myself. I, I was not proud of myself. Keep in mind that early in our marriage, this might have worked. But like Wesley and Iocane Powder in The Princess Bride, my wife had spent years building up an immunity. And lest you minimize her effort, remember, Iocane Powder was odorless. So she countered my bold move with an even bolder one, sounding her own report. A peppy oboe to counter my mournful trombone. I bolted upright out of bed because, I mean, when I do it, it's funny. But when she does it, it's just wrong. Check and mate. My eyes were open and hers weren't. My wife's private school education vanquishing my public school one. The dogs had seen I was up and it jumped all over me. Well played, I mumbled as I took them out for the 2039th consecutive morning. I couldn't swear to it, but as I left, I think I detected a tiny smile on her face. Or maybe it was just gas. Rookie mistake. So until next time, stay safe, be kind, and remember that calories are not our friends. Yours in crisis, Dave. This is a thousand word midlife crisis, written and narrated by David Young. Special thanks to graphic designer Sabrina Young for the logo and musician Daniel Vesey for the music. This has been a Carson Clay production. Mm-hmm.